VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What's going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast, back again. First time this year we did two podcasts. We changed it a little bit now. We're going Tuesday and we're going Friday. Just too much going on, too much football, too many takes I got to get for you. We got a lot coming up. Just finished watching this Thursday night game. Want to talk about Jared Goff. Want to talk about Kirk Cousins. couple thoughts on the, some of these weekend games. Jason Garrett, uh... And obviously do Middlecoff Mailbag. You can hit me up in my DMs at John Middlecoff on Instagram. That's probably what we're going to do moving forward. Hit me up on Instagram and I will get to your questions in the Middlecoff Mailbag. Tonight's Thursday night game made me think of my dad actually who, I'm not trying to get morbid here on the podcast or anything, but he, he passed away earlier this year. He grew up at Berkeley. His dad taught a cow and was a big uh, big cow guy. Would have loved watching Jared Goff just just ball the night but my, my dad was he was older it's not like he, he died young or anything he was over 70 and he he was from the baby boomer generation and that generation that was born into a generation growing up off the depression you know it was just old school and, and they believed and the number one thing he taught me and like anyone that was born into you know parents that were baby boomers was work ethic work hard get up early stay late and it's all they cared about you know and they always struggled a little bit with my generation that like Dad, I can be on my couch and I can shoot an email. You know, you can't, just because I'm not at an office doesn't mean I'm not working. You know, just because I go on vacation doesn't mean I can't still communicate with people. And they, they kind of struggle with that. They came from the generation of just overachieving. You could become, I, I had multiple friends growing up whose grandparents, whose parents became millionaires, didn't even have a college education, never went to college. None of, none of that stuff mattered. 
you could just overcome in the 60s, 70s, and 80s in business with just toughness, just mental toughness. Not that that still doesn't matter, but education didn't mean anything. You could just intimidate in business. You could just handshake deals and get loans. Like that is all done now. Business doesn't operate like that anymore. You know, you, you can't even get hired in most companies without a college degree. Back in the day, it didn't matter. You just could overcome it with just pure work ethic. And forever and ever and ever, football coaches like Woody Hayes, Bo Schembechler, you know, and I was thinking tonight because of the Rams, Jeff Fisher, just old school, tough defensive guy. Well, kind of like my dad's mindset of the working man, the millennial, like I have a lot of millennial friends that make a lot of money. And if you just judge them on their daily routine, you'd be like, God, what the hell does this guy do? I, I don't know. He gets things done. You can send emails from, you know, your iPad. Uh, just like the old school, you know, tough guy football coach, their days are over. Jeff Fisher, the meathead football coach, which for many, many years uh, was a predominant figure in the sport of football, is done. It's not a dying breed, it's dead. It's like newspapers. Newspapers aren't dying, they're dead. It's over. I mean, we're, we're never coming back. They're, they're done. Dunzo. The, the meathead, tough defensive football coach, it's over. The game has completely changed. There's always been, you know, an element and a place for the really smart offensive guy. I mean, hell, it took Bill Walsh till his 60s to get hired, but clearly this was in the 80s in a defensive league, and he flourished. He was awesome in a league full of tough guy meatheads. Now, Parcells, I'm not going to consider him like he's clearly really bright, but he was the upper, upper echelon, the elite of the elite of the meathead mindset, like Mike Ditka. Now, he was an offensive guy, but he was a meathead. You know, that just, what does out tough you? Like, in this day and age, in 2018, did you watch John D. Filippo and Sean McVay dialing up plays? This is a thinking man's game. This is an offensive chess piece game. The rules have completely changed. The just, we're just going to tackle and beat everyone up. Those days are over forever. And don't get me wrong, I like that element of football. I enjoyed some of Jeff Fisher's Titans teams. Like, I did. Do not get me wrong. I'm not anti the meathead guy just and what they stand for. I just would never in a million years ever hire a defensive coach ever moving forward. I wouldn't let him touch my head coaching uh, office if I was an owner. Like Sean McVay, you watch Sean McVay tonight? He's the modern day John Gruden, Bill Walsh. You see how dynamic he is and what he's doing with Jared Goff? You see John D. Filippo, who's 40 years old? What he's doing with Kirk Cousins, the plays they're dialing up. Think about this. The Arizona Cardinals last last year interviewed Steve Wilkes. I don't know much about him. I don't even want to pigeonhole him as a meathead because he may be a smart guy, but he is a defensive guy. And there's a defensive mentality. Last week with five minutes, under five minutes to go, he put Josh Rosen in the game. Josh Rosen is the guy that the Arizona Cardinals invested their entire future in. And he threw him in the game. In a disadvantageous situation against arguably a top two or three defense in the league that has the best pass rusher in the league. Could have got him killed. Do you think John Filippo, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan would ever have done that to Josh Rosen? No chance. They think like a Rex Ryan. Remember how he treated Mark Sanchez? And listen, I'm no Mark Sanchez truther. But Rex Ryan is the last guy on this planet that I'd entrust to watch after a young quarterback. This is an offensive league. 
And it's it's only getting more and more that way given the rules, given the officiating, given the way the game is called. Like Andy Reid, Andy Reid is the, you know, the top of the mountain for offensive innovators. He's been doing it for every offensive mind. Like you have to hire offense. That's what this entire league is now. Defense, Mike Zimmer, who while he's a defensive guy, he is not a meathead. He is a thinking man's coach. He is a dynamic schemer. Not just your rah-rah tough guy, you know, Jeff Fisher. He's useless. I mean, he can't. The the rules, there's nothing he can do. He's at such such a disadvantage in tonight's game against Sean McVay. He is arguably the best defensive mind in the NFL. And he's helpless. So I'm telling you this. Going into this this, this year and just watching football... Every coach, I wouldn't even interview a defensive coach, would not even waste my time. The league we are watching, there's a chance in five years that 90% of the head coaches around football are offensive. Why would you even think about entertaining hire a defensive coach in this environment with these rules? I mean, John D. Filippo and Kirk Cousins looking like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. The plays he's dialing up with these wide receivers. Sean McVay, holy hell, how do you stop this? I, the football has completely changed. Don't get me, again, I, I, I love defense. I like the violence of football. I really do. And like my dad, like I still value working hard, getting up early, staying late. Like that stuff always matters. But in 2018, more than ever, in the job market, in football, you have to be intellectually dynamic. And in football, in modern-day football, that tends to be offensively. You have to be able to dial up and coach the quarterback. Just like in business, you have to be dynamic to make it now. And typically, you got to have college education. you got to have a couple degrees. I mean, you got to have a resume. You can't just you know, out-tough and out-work and out-intimidate people. Like, the game has changed. Football has changed. You know, the Woody Hayes days of just being super tough are, are over. The days of Sean McVay and John D. Filippo and Kyle Shanahan and all these offensive minds, all these young offensive minds all around the league, we're never turning back. The, the game has, like, it, it was kind of unofficial forever. I mean, this last year with the rules, we've officially adapted in football, in the NFL. I mean, the NFL is becoming Big 12 football. Good or bad thing, that's... You judge on your own. I, I didn't mind the Thursday night game at all. But if you do not change as an organization or whatever team you root for and you watch the way they operate and they're living in the, you know, like Seattle Seahawks, you know, living like it's 2007, like, guys, it's, it's time to time to move on. It's 2018. Let, let's get with the times and let's get with the offense. I was thinking watching Kirk Cousins tonight. He got $86 million this offseason, the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL for a free agent. Now, Aaron Rodgers has got something. He extended his contract. Khalil Mack was not a free agent. He was obviously traded and then signed. Aaron Donald got $87 million, but again, was extended. Kirk Cousins was a true free agent and got a, basically a three-year, fully guaranteed $86 million. Crazy contract. I, I thought it was actually... You know, pretty bold, but but I got it. And through four games, Kirk Cousins has thrown 10 touchdowns and two interceptions. 
and you watch him on a game like Thursday night against the Rams, he looks freaking awesome. Throwing for over 70%, just dynamic up and down the field. He's mobile. He's accurate. He looks like a franchise quarterback. And you go, if I just gave you a snapshot of a couple drives, you go, God, this Vikings team, that's the Vikings and the Rams. That's going to be the NFC championship. Then you go, well, the problem is, and this is the thing in football, like in basketball, you can get off to an 8-8 eight and eight start. Like whatever, you got 82 games. Baseball, you can be like 50 and 50 in the middle of the summer. And you're like, I'm good. In football, you get like 1 and 3. It's hard to overcome that. Remember last year, the Chargers started 0 and 4? Like it's hard to dig yourself out of holes. It really is. Like you can lose a couple games in a row, but you kind of got to snap that quick. I think the Minnesota Vikings, obviously, after the week one they played the Niners, I'm like, that, that is one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm watching them tonight. I still think that. Now, they got some flaws. Their offensive line is flawed. Most teams are. But right now, they are 1-2-1, and one, and they play the Eagles next week. Now, they're going to be playing the Eagles off 10, you know, 10 days rest. But that's a pretty big game because you cannot start 1-3-1. and one. And expect to have a good chance to make the playoffs in the NFC. That would be very, very difficult. Like, they're already kind of sneaky in must-win mode. And the crazy thing is, if I would have told you, you know, the Minnesota Vikings make one of the biggest investments in NFL history for a free agent. The biggest, financially. I mean, if I would have said they're struggling after, you know, going into October, you would have been like, God, Kirk Cousins screwed up their mojo. But he hasn't not only not screwed up their mojo... He's been awesome. You know, he's been incredible. Now, one of their downfalls so far early in the season is in in pro sports, when you're a good team, you have to beat up on the shitty teams. Like, that is a must. You have to take advantage of bad teams, right? You, you just, you have to. Like, there, there is zero excuse. You cannot, as a 17-point favorite, at home, lose to the Buffalo Bills. And not just lose, get your ass kicked. Like, that's on... I'm not putting that on Kirk Cousins. That's just on the organization. That's on the head coach. That's on everyone. But in the other three games, against the Niners, against the Packers, especially in the second half, and tonight against the Rams, Cousins has been worth every penny. And you're not winning games. Like, that is a major problem. Again, you don't get 40 games in the NFL. You don't get that many opportunities. They've already played a quarter of their season, and they're way behind the eight ball. I, I, I can't imagine. I would expect the Vikings to be a 12-13 win team. Clearly, they're going to have to battle to get to 10. And if I would have told myself at the beginning of the year, you know, it's going to be a struggle for them to get to 10. Again, like I said earlier, and I, I think if I would have asked every casual football fan and I would have gave you that scenario, you'd have been like, man, they should have stayed with Case Keenum. But that hasn't been the case. If anything, it's like, damn, they upgraded a quarterback. And then they lost Pat Shermer, and that hasn't been the problem either. John D. Filippo's been awesome. They've been scoring points like mad. They can't stop anyone on defense. They haven't taken advantage, you know, when they play the Bills at home. This Viking team has a weird feel to me. I'm not betting against them to not make the playoffs yet, but I got them red flagged. You can't give up on them because their quarterback and the offense is playing too well, but I don't know. Something's weird. I I just, I I wouldn't have seen it. You got to feel good about your investment, but you can't feel good about where the team is.
I, I don't want to spend too much time on, on this next topic just because I, I want to dive into a couple of the games. But this came up earlier in the week, and it's just, I, I don't want to say driving me mad, but everything now in the media uh, and just in general, I mean, definitely the sports media is borderline socialist. It's very pro-player. It's all the player can do no wrong. Pay all the players, which again I, I'm anti-paying a lot of players. Pro-paying some players. College football. The moment the media thinks that a kid is even getting screwed a little bit, it's a freak out. The coach and the program are in the wrong. Kelly Bryant at Clemson got screwed, and Kelly Bryant. Dabble Sweeney went with the true freshman. He looks like a future star. Kelly Bryant, fifth-year senior, he told him, like, you're not going to be the starter anymore. You're not even going to rotate. This guy, it's his job. We ain't looking back. Kelly Bryant thought about it. The, a couple days later said, I'm transferring. And it's the new rule. I guess it's not that new. I mean, it's been around for a while. But, you know, if you're a fifth-year senior, you can transfer without losing a year of eligibility, and he could start next year somewhere else. And I asked this question on Twitter Earlier in the week, would you rather, and I just threw out a couple of programs, like start at Kentucky or Mississippi State or, you know, a program like that and go eight and four as the starter, or would you rather be the backup and win two national championships at the University of Clemson in three years? And I started thinking, and a lot of my replies were, well, if you're an NFL prospect, you'd want to transfer. But if you weren't, you'd think about staying. He's not an NFL quarterback. The new director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, said he went to Clemson and reached out to him about potentially playing in the Senior Bowl, about trying out different positions. I would imagine at slot receiver or maybe, you know, third down running back or something like that. Like, he he is not an NFL quarterback. So, and I think Doug Gottlieb tweeted this out. Like, so basically Kelly Bryant admitted it was cool being at the program until I wasn't the star and then I didn't want to be with them at the program anymore. Because you can look at it a couple ways. He is a high-character guy from talking to scouts that have gone through Clemson. Did he quit on the team? Uh, I mean, I, I think you could make the argument he did. Like, he's gone to battle with all these guys for four or five years. He wasn't the quarterback for his first three years. Why? Because the guy was better. He's not the quarterback anymore. Why? Because the guy was better. Welcome to life. There's someone better than me out there. There's someone better than you out there. There's someone better than all of us. You always eventually get replaced. Even if you're the greatest at whatever you do. You don't stay on top forever. And I'd argue the quicker you fail in life at a younger age, the healthier it is. So Kelly, you're transferring and the media's like, he's doing the right thing. Is he? He's not an NFL quarterback. What program is he going to go to? He's playing at a football factory. I mean, scouts line up at the University of Clemson to uh, evaluate guys. They got four defensive linemen they are going to go in the top 50 picks. So wouldn't he get a ton of credit if he just stuck it out? Who's to say, again, this freshman can stay healthy? Then all of a sudden he starts playing again. Or maybe he never plays another down. He works the pro day at multiple positions. And maybe he gets drafted late as an athlete and can do a couple different things. I just think that it's 100% in concrete he's doing the right thing for his future. It's just wrong. Now, if it's strictly he just wants to play quarterback, he doesn't care about the NFL, okay, I get it. I doubt that's the case, though. (laughs) I bet 100% he views himself as an NFL quarterback. 
And while I don't totally blame him because he's been the quarterback of one of the best teams in the country for the last year and, you know, three games, I guess split this year, but like I, I would love to give this guy a reality check. And I would imagine a lot of NFL people tried to give him a reality check. You're going to go to Mississippi State next year, maybe win seven, eight games? Yeah. You go to Clemson or stay at Clemson, win another natty, and tell your kids in 30 years you won two national championships in three years. You'll get your cup of coffee in the NFL and maybe transition to wide receiver and, hell, maybe have a six- or seven-year career. But to just think that 100% he's doing the right thing, I I just can't agree. I'm just not a pom-pom waiver for every guy that transfers. That's just maybe not – that's just not the way I think about things. I I, I think there are two sides to the story. And I think there may be a chance this guy's making a mistake. Before we dive into this weekend's games, let let me tell you about my friends at Audible. Discover the easiest way to juggle binging on content you love while doing your favorite activities with Audible. Listen to Audible's unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more allows users to experience new journeys without having to drop what they're doing. Any book you heard of on the go, including Belichick by Ian O'Connor, a great source of motivation while doing things like hiking or road tripping or whatever, by becoming a member Users receive a free audiobook a month, exclusive sales, and 30% off regularly priced audiobooks. Plus, your books are free to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen at any time, even if you cancel your membership. If this doesn't sound like a good enough deal, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash three and out. That's the number three and out and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash the number three A-N-D-O-U-T. Audible.com slash three and out. Or text three and out, three, the number, A-N-D-O-U-T to 500-500 and get started today. Let's go around the NFL really quick. There's actually a couple good college games too. Uh, the Ohio State-Penn State game, I can't wait to watch. Stanford-Notre Dame, that, that's a big-time game. R- really exciting weekend of football. But I, I, I want to peek at, and we're just gonna, I'm going to hit a couple games, give a couple thoughts, and we'll just go rapid-fire here. Start with Miami at New England. I, I said earlier, I think the podcast that came out on Tuesday, I'm not going to overreact to New England. But this weekend is huge. You're playing the Dolphins at home. They're 3-0. If you were to lose this game, you would be three games behind the Dolphins going into October. Like, that's pretty crazy. I'm not saying the Dolphins would be some lock to keep rattling off wins, but that's a pretty big deficit for a team that's not that great in New England roster-wise. Now, again, Belichick, Brady, I wouldn't bet them, bet against them, but you got to win this game at home. Like, this is, I don't want to say it's must-win, but you can't, you can't lose it. Texans-Colts. I saw Steve Young on television, and he was saying – he was a season ticket holder at Stanford. I think he still is. And when Andrew Luck played there, he never missed a game, never missed a home game. Love watching Luck play. And he's like, when you watch him this year, he's just not driving the ball. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, he's screwed up his shoulder so many times. And just watching some of the highlights, I haven't watched a full Colts game, but he's right. Like, he still looks really good. He's, he's probably 85% of himself. But is it ever going to – and Steve Young, like, I, I don't know. I hope it gets back, but – Who's to say it ever quite gets back? His arm strength is not what it once was. He never had a great arm, but it was it was definitely good enough. Right now, it looks kind of iffy. 
That being said, they're playing the Texans right now. The Texans have not won a game. Are the Texans going to start 0-4? They have way too much talent. Sean Watson looks off. The offensive line looks terrible. I don't know. Something's up with that team. I, I wouldn't bet on that game. But, man, what? that's not a great game to watch. The Bengals-Atlanta, not many thoughts there. kind of sucks that Joe Mixon got hurt because I thought the Bengals were playing really well. I, I saw Coward say earlier this week, and I agree, the Falcons have just had way too many injuries. You, you can only overcome so many injuries. They've lost like four starters in the first two and a half games. Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm with Colin. I, I'm out on the Falcons. Uh, again, I, if Joe Mixon come back healthy, the, to me the Bengals are a sleeper playoff team. Bills-Packers, I, I think Aaron Rodgers – you know, is a shell of himself moving around. I mean, clearly, I mean, I'm not preaching the, I'm preaching the choir here, but can how long can they play with him not being mobile? Like, his greatest attribute, now obviously, his greatest attribute is his arm. He's just an elite arm, elite accuracy. But it's also mixed in with moving around, behind the pocket and throwing dimes. He can't really do that right now. I, I would just blitz him till the cows came home. Now, the Buffalo Bills, I know they beat the Vikings last week, but they're they're not very good. But how is Rodgers ever going to get healthy? Because it's not like if they could win a couple games and get to like 4-2, and two, could he take a week off? I don't know. But I don't know if he can continue at the rate of just limping around. Like, is he going to be gimpy like this all season long? Because if he is, they have zero shot to win the Super Bowl. None. If he's 100% healthy, they have a shot. If he's this, I mean, they might be able to make the playoffs just because he's that remarkable. But they have zero upside. Like, I don't even think they could win a playoff game. You can't win a playoff game with your quarterback gimping around. I don't care if he's Aaron Rodgers, who you could argue is the greatest talent to ever play in the NFL. This might be the biggest game on the docket because I think for the first time, and I I don't know if Jason Garrett has naked pictures of Jerry Jones or what the deal is there. I know a lot of Cowboys fans think something weird's going on. I know he's like Jerry's long-lost son that he thinks he had, but you know he wished Steven was was Jason Garrett. I, I don't know. Whatever the deal is, he, he loves Jason Garrett. But you can't lose at home to the to the Detroit Lions. You can't. And start one and three. How is Jason Garrett going to keep his job? I mean, the Cowboy fans might just lose it. You, you got to win this game. And I don't think Cowboys are very good. The receivers stink. Dak is, I, I think, pretty average. The defense actually isn't terrible. But you, you got to find a way to win this game. I don't think that necessarily changes anything about Dallas. They're still a six or seven win team. But you start one and three, like, are we talking about Jason Garrett getting fired in the next couple weeks? Like, the, the talk would never, ever be stronger if he loses this game. And, and it is a losable game because the Lions offense is explosive. Those three receivers can really play. When Stafford's on, they can light you up. The running backs can all catch the ball out of the backfield. Sean Lee's hurt. Jason Garrett has to find a way to win this game. Jets, Jaguars, zero thoughts. I do not care. <laughs> you know what's weird is the Jaguars is this great team. You know, they made it to the AFC Championship last year. They're viewed as one of the better teams roster-wise in the league. I just, I don't maybe it's their jerseys. They feel like an expansion team. I don't know. I just, I struggle with the Jaguars. They, they don't necessarily feel like an NFL team to me. Bears-Tampa, this is a sneaky, you know, kind of looks bad on paper. But then you're like, ah, you know, I love watching Khalil. I like the Bears defense. Ryan Fitzpatrick slinging it around. Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard. This is a pretty intriguing matchup. I watched a little bit just because I follow the Bears on Twitter of Vic Fangio today just saying it's hard. I mean, they got multiple tight ends, not just O.J. Howard. Brait is really good. They got tons of receivers. The The quarterback's playing well. Like, this is a this is the first real, real test. I know Rodgers was, but once Rodgers couldn't move, he, he just 
He had some big plays. You know, this is a this is an offense that legitimately can just work you down the field. I'm interested to watch the Bears at home against this explosive offense. Eagles, Titans, you know, t- Titans kind of like the Jaguars. They're a tough watch for me. Uh, it'd be interesting to watch Carson Wentz in his second game back. The Eagles are just kind of decimated right now with injuries. They don't really – all their wide receivers are out. Uh, this might not be that great of a game to watch. I mean, it could end up like 17-10. to 10. That's probably what I'd say. The Eagles win this game 17-10. to 10. Seattle, Arizona, if it wasn't for Josh Rosen starting, I would not care one iota about this game. But I'm a big Josh Rosen guy. Uh, I loved him coming out. I, I look forward to just watching Rosen play in a position where the coach doesn't just throw you out there in the fourth quarter when you're down against a great defense. You can actually prepare and play a Seattle team. Let's call it what it is. It's not very good. Browns, Raiders. I heard Colin say it earlier this week, and I agree. Got to be one of the more intriguing games of the week just because of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield versus Gruden. That's what I think. Baker Mayfield versus Gruden. A couple rock stars going at it. Is Gruden going to start 0-4? Like, would they boo him at the Coliseum if he starts 0-4? Is Baker Mayfield going to go on the road and get his first win? I'll say this. I, I watch a lot of Raider football. I don't know how I do it. You, I hope you feel for me. But this Raider team is not as talented top to bottom as this Browns team. Now, if you don't have a quarterback, talent on your team typically doesn't matter. But if Baker Mayfield plays well, the Cleveland Browns could compete for a playoff spot. They have that much talent. Their defense is that good. They have that many weapons uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. This would be a win. They'd be 2-1-1, one, and one, and we'd all be talking like, damn, could the Browns win 9 or 10 games? Now, if you lose this game, you just start thinking they're probably a 6 or 7 win team. You win this game, though? You, you think two things. The Browns are not going away, and are the Raiders destined for like a 3-13 and 13 season? Niners, Chargers, hard to watch the Niners. You know, no Jimmy Garoppolo. They, they should get their ass kicked by the Chargers. This really should not be a match. Uh, it's not a fair fight. But when Anthony Lynn's your head coach, you're always going to be uh, in tight games. But the, the 49ers with C.J. Beathard, all their injuries, Richard Sherman's out, have zero business. The, the line is, depending on where you look, 10, 10 and a half. The, the Chargers should win by multiple touchdowns. Again, this should this is a this is a mismatch on paper. This is a mismatch on the field. The only place that it's not a mismatch are the two head coaches. Kyle is so much better than Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn's one of your classic, you know, my my opening rant was a little bit about the meatheads. And they, they can also be offensive meatheads. They, they do, like I said, Mike Ditka was an offensive meathead. To me, Anthony Lynn is an offensive meathead. I would not let him coach my football team. I Zero chance. Uh, Saints-Giants, it's a pretty interesting game. I mean, the Saints offensively are just special. Uh, why they ever go forward on fourth down is beyond, or I mean punt on fourth down is beyond me. I, I, would, I would go for it every fourth down if I were them. For anything under like fourth and five. Their offense, you just watch them. Like the, when they come up on the red zone, it's like wham, bam, they score. You know, they're they're the on the they're the team that's on the red zone the quickest because they show up once they're in the red zone, and then like two plays later they score. You know, a lot of teams like slowly they get they get they go from like uh, first and ten at the fifteen, then they get the first down, and then it takes them like three downs. And they end up kicking the field goal. The Saints are like wham, bam, boom, touchdown. And then you're on to the next team. Scott Hansen's like, oh, let's go to the to the Rams Charger game, and you're just off, <laughs> and you don't see the Saints back again until they get the ball back. 
Saints, Giants. I actually think the Giants look pretty good against the Texans. They clearly have a lot of talent. Saquon's special. Odell's playing well. Sterling Shepard looks good. I think Ingram, the, the tight end's out. But their their offensive weapons look really good. I, the Giants should be able to compete in this game, but the Saints' offense is stupid. Ravens-Steelers, it's a big game. Uh, I think the Ravens can definitely win. The, to me, the Ravens, they don't play as well on the road as they do at home, but something's weird with the Steeler team. They, they were kind of weird. They're just not disciplined, as, as you saw on Monday Night Football. But that's a, that's a pretty good Sunday Night Football game. You give me Ravens-Steelers on Sunday Night Football, I'm in. I don't have many takes beside. I'm just excited to watch that game. Okay, the way I'm doing these three and out, the Middlecoff mailbag, obviously this is three and out, is just going to be, I used to do it iTunes and Instagram. Now I'm just doing Instagram. Just slide up in my DMs at John Middlecoff and ask me a question. I, I got like 20. I, I got to answer, so it's going to take me a little while. Luckily, I'm doing two shows. I'll, I'll get caught up. But I'm going to bang out like three or four podcasts, and, and I'll, I'll try to be fast. But again, go to my Instagram, at John Middlecoff. Slide up in my DMs and I'll get to you. John, love the pod. Listen from UK. Tell me, Ravens lost a close one to the Bengals. Could have gone either way. They obliterated the Bills with the Pats looking so-so. Steelers look awful. This was before Monday night. Now decent. Could they be the AFC rep in the Super Bowl? For sure. I, I don't think the AFC has ever been this open. Ever. The AFC was bad coming into the into the season. Now it's clearly worse because the Texans stink. Titans got some issues. Jaguars are meh. Patriots, even for the Patriots, if they win 10 or 11 games, have a meh team. And the Steelers got some weird stuff going on with Le'Veon. And then you look at the AFC West, the Chargers are always underachieving. The Raiders are done. The Broncos are, you know, a solid average team. And the Chiefs are great offensively, but they have no defense. So, yeah, I don't I, I don't think that's, that's crazy at all that the – that the Ravens end up representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, or at least competing. Like, if you tell me they're, you know, an 11-5 and team and playing in the second round of the playoffs, because if you get to the second round of the playoffs, you got a shot. you got a shot, unless you're the Titans last year. They didn't really have a shot. Where would you rank Dak Prescott among the current quarterbacks in the league, and what kind of contract extension would you be comfortable offering if you were the Cowboys? I'd say Dak Prescott right now is probably not a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. You know, maybe somewhere between like 18 and 22. Uh, I, I think he looks extremely average. He's just not a very dynamic passer. And in fairness to him, their receivers stink. But, you you know, I'm recording this on Thursday night. Like, you watch the game tonight. Like, you put him on the Vikings, now maybe they'd be okay, but Cousins is just a better passer of the football. Jared Goff is on a completely different level. The Carson Wentz's of the world – uh, all the all the older star veterans. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy. The con- contract I'd be comfortable offering him wouldn't offer him a contract. He's playing in year three, three right now. I'd have him play year four. He, he's got to prove it to me. We're, we're always so quick to jump to pay guys. Let's just let it play out. What what's the huge rush? So if he has a good season next year, you know, and somehow the Cowboys bounce back and they were to make the playoffs. Worst case, you could franchise him. You know, Jerry's in good with him. You can figure out an extension. I, I would not pay him after this year. I would play out next year, you know, on whatever it is. I think that second, or I guess he's he's a fourth rounder. That number would be like six, you know, I, I'd have to look it up, like 800 grand max. You know, it's not that much money. So I, I would 100% 
unless he comes back and he plays like the MVP the rest of the season, I am not paying Dak Prescott this offseason. More explosive player, Anthony Brown or Tyreek Hill? That's a pretty good question. Uh, Tyreek Hill, to, to me, he's he's like Deshaun Jackson meets Antonio Brown because he's becoming this great route runner, and he's so fast. I mean, he's he might be one of the biggest freaks we've ever seen in the NFL. We've never seen a guy this fast. I don't ever remember seeing a Tyreek Hill. Like, we have seen Antonio Brown-type players, and Antonio's great. I think he's a Hall of Fame-level wide receiver. But Tyreek Hill is arguably one of the most unique players just from a speed, small guy, but is a good receiver and can return that I ever remember. Hey, John, Cowboys fan. A lot of Cowboys fans. Uh, After three average to below outings from Dak this season, do you think the Cowboys should look at spending Thursday or Friday draft pick at quarterback you know, on a quarterback, if Dak play doesn't elevate the rest of the season. More importantly, do you think they would? To me, the bigger question I talked about a little earlier, like if they were to lose this weekend in Detroit, how many games are they going to have to lose? Like, do they have to start like one and six for Garrett to get fired? And if Garrett get fired, that obviously means they're going to need a new coach. Well, what kind of coach does Jerry hire? You'd think he'd hire an offensive coach because he does have Dak. Well, is that offensive coach... The guy that Jerry likes gonna like Dak. I, I I think there is so much to be played out. To me, the Dak contract extension, we're so far out ahead of ourselves. To me, about drafting a quarterback, we're so. To me, that's more realistic than the Dak uh, contract extension. About them drafting a quarterback, I think one hundred percent that would be in play. But I, I gotta learn a little more about the Cowboys. Like, are they just gonna be a three and thirteen season? And Jason Garrett's gonna be gone. They're gonna have a new coach. Because if that happens, everyone beside like Tyron Smith and a couple of the offensive linemen and a couple of defensive players, job would be in trouble. And that includes Dak. Uh, because if they were drafting in the top five, could they take quarterback? Hell yes. Because they didn't invest any money in Dak. Uh, just kind of helped them transition from Tony, who, let's face it, I love Tony Romo. I'm, I'd am i consider myself like a Tony Romo truther. But you, you couldn't trust him. He, he just got hurt so often. I, I think big picture he did the right thing for himself. He's clearly a the dynamic special broadcaster, but his body was going to give out. So retiring wasn't even that crazy, even if Dak ended up being overhyped, which it kind of looks like he did. But I I think that there's so much to learn about the Cowboys in the next three or four games. Because if they were to just keep losing, I I mean, we got a major – you can feel the tire fire and the train wreck kind of happening right now in Dallas. They kind of blamed everything on Dez, got rid of him, well, it's like, yeah, you feel better about yourself that Dez is gone, but you got all these issues and your receivers stink. You are so bland on offense. I mean, watching the Cowboys play, I, I got to say, I like watching football, but there are certain teams in this in the NFL, and the Cowboys are 100% one of them. They just aren't a fun watch. I don't need the Rams. You know, you don't have to score 40 points or the Mahomes and throw for 400 yards to keep me entertained. But you can't play like the Dallas Cowboys – and, you know, I'm not a Cowboy fan, but I'm a football fan. I'll watch anyone play if you're if you're good. The Cowboys just aren't good. They're just not entertaining. Now, I know their fan base is big, and I know they're important to the league, and I, I want them to be good because when they're good, the league's better. But they're just not good. And I, I like Jason Garrett. Uh, talked to him at the Combine one time. He was super nice to me. I just I – just personal. I, I, don't, I don't think he's a great scheme coach, clearly. But I've always thought, like, he kind of gets a bad rap as a coach. 
But this year, man, I, I don't know. I mean, they're just not dynamic. You'd see nothing creative. It's just blah. And they are boring. I, Jerry doesn't have that many years left on this earth. I, I can't see him standing for it that many more games. Uh, Middlecoff Mailbag. Well, I'd love to see him spend his whole career as a Cardinal. What are the odds we see Larry Fitzgerald on the move to give him a shot at the ring? It's a hell of a question. I, I, I think about Larry Fitzgerald sometimes. I think that Larry Fitzgerald, and you saw this year, like the importance of that community, that team. John McCain passed. He spoke at his funeral. Like I, I have a hard time, and, and you can't ever get overly emotional with players, just even if they love a city. Like they may take a shot somewhere else, but I would guess he plays his entire career as a Cardinal, even if their team is god awful. Let's say they win four, go four and twelve, but Rosen shows a little promise, and he goes, you know, I'm not really into rebuilding. I, I could, I would be, I'd be a little surprised if he picked another, like, went to the Patriots this offseason or the Packers or whoever. I think he'd retire. Just a guess. I don't know him personally. Just from following his career from afar, the way he operates, how important that team is to him, that community. New England and Belichick and Brady called. Would he give it a listen? Yeah, but he's really just a slot receiver, and they have slot receivers. He's not an outside guy anymore. He's not quite the same guy anywhere even close that he was a couple years ago when he made those plays in the playoff game. Uh, It's going to be a sad day when he retires because he's one of the all-time greats. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, most people do. He's just a high-level, high-quality human, elite player, just an all-time great. I mean, a top 10 all-time great wide receiver and arguably a top five playoff player any position ever. There is no – if I was building a team and I was just playing playoff games, you go Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald would be my wide receivers. But Larry Fitzgerald would definitely be my second pick after Jerry Rice. He's that damn good in the playoffs. Uh, But I think my guess is he retires after this year and he just retires a Cardinal. Appreciate everyone listening. Again, we're going – Tuesday, we're going Friday, Middlecoff Mailbag, slide up into my DMs, at John Middlecoff on Twitter. I will get to them, and we'll just keep banging up these podcasts. Enjoy the weekend of football. If you're listening over the weekend, have a good weekend, uh, and I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you next week. John Middlecoff, 3 and Out, Colin Coward Podcast Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. 
That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.